What's happening, Municipals? This is your boy, Big C, and Trackman Golfer of the Year, Jack Lopez. Let's go. What's happening, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, speaking of Trackman Golfer of the Year, I broke part twice on Trackman. <laughs> Don't tell Hussey and Ashton. They're, they're literally just going to roast you and be like, until I see it on course, I don't yeah. give a shit if you've broken par. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, it's pretty cool. I did it at uh, Marco Simone, and then I did it at uh, Olympic Lake. Like, that, that one was pretty tough. It was like one under and like two under at Marco Simone. Yeah, we we just had like yeah. some downtime and we played it from the tips. Like it looks like it's going to be a fun Ryder Cup. Yeah, we we play. So you know, TrackMan does the tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they have a two ball going or best ball going right now. Um, and so me and my coworker Matt played it, and yeah, that course is fun, man. Yeah. Um, it it's pretty wide open. There's going to be some cool holes like, uh, 17. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to hit short of the Creek. It goes to like 240, 250 from where they're going to play. Yeah. Or because it's an elevated T box, they're going to have to hit it over that little Creek. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on some of these holes because yeah. it's a good, it's a good match play course. Like, you know, you could win and lose some holes pretty easily out there. Yeah, there's a, there's some pretty sick holes. I think No Laying Up's been talking a lot about, like, the elevation on it. And even from Trackman, you can see how, like, it's going to be a tough, like, uphill, downhill type of course. But it's going to be fun to watch. Those caddies are going to be hurt. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, their dogs are going to be barking for sure. Yeah, that that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. But this week, we got Jack on because, as most people know with this podcast, me and Jack both work for Club Champion. This is not a sponsored episode by Club Champion. Other than our, uh, our salaries we are paid and the love for equipment and the game, that's about it. It's not a paid sponsor by Club Champion. Um, Nick, but call us. we won. <laughs> yeah, Nick, you've been on the pod. Nick, give us a ring. We can keep talking, talking clubs. If you if you wanna if you wanna give us a little bit of cash for it, but we kind of wanted to talk about fitting. We've we've had an episode in the past a little bit about uh, club fitting and things like that, but. And if you haven't checked out the one I did with our with the president of Club Champion, uh, go back and look for the episode with Nick. It was a really cool episode. Um, but what we're going to kind of talk about is kind of catching up with what's going on at Club Champion, things like that. Again, not sponsored. Um, we're going to get into some other topics, all about fitting and you know what we love about equipment, and kind of give you guys some info of when the best time is and things like that. So yeah. it's going to be a fun, formative episode, um, and it's going to be interesting because you know not the thing is with with club fitters. We are trained a certain way at Club Champion on how to fit, but you still create your own niche on how you fit. You know, you follow a guideline, but you you create, you know, what way works best for you and your customers within your demographic of people that walk in the door. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun to kind of see how Jack kind of talks to his customers and and how he goes about things because he's in the bay area and there's 
a lot more money there. Um, different type of demographic of people than I deal with where I get guys coming out of the woods of Oregon driving three hours across the state because we're legitimately the only place you can get fit in Oregon. Um, so it, it's a it's a different demographic. We're kind of all over the place with the guys that come into our Portland store where, you know, you, you get that as well with people with budgets in the Bay, but, you know, a good majority of guys are have a little bit more cash to spend. So it'll be interesting to kind of see how we both go about it. But we kind of want to check up on the year at Club Champion. So, Jack, kind of kind of kick us off here. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the other interesting parts of the pod is going to be also like two different perspectives as far as experience. Like you've been in the industry for... I think going on like what five years now, almost, almost six, oh, almost yep. six, right? Yeah. So you started at Golf Mart. Now you're at like a fully custom club fitting studio, and this is like I'm I'm green as hell. Like it's, this is going on my like, I guess eighth or ninth month at Club Champion, but for me, I feel like I'm in a good spot. Like it's a really busy store. Like, even when it looks like on, like, a Monday, it looks like the calendar is empty. By Monday afternoon, it just, like, fills up. It's pretty crazy because, like, usually you can see – I mean, at least in the summer, like, you could see everything is, like, pretty booked up. But now that it's slowing down, like, I thought it was just going to be, like, crawling, right? Like, doing nothing, like, hitting balls all the time. But like I said, like, by Monday afternoon – if Monday morning is slow, Monday afternoon, it's like super booked throughout the rest of the week. And it's like, oh shit, like now I got to actually plan like my builds and all of that. So, um, I mean, I think first thing is just getting into club champion. Like it's been super fun. Um, just learning a lot about the industry and learning about golf through the eyes of equipment. And I think one of the things that I really like about it is a lot of it is building relationships with people. Um, it's not just like, oh, like, hey, let me sell you golf clubs. Like, if you don't build a good relationship with people, like, they're not going to trust the information that you're giving them. Um, so I think it's like building those relationships has been super fun. And the other part that I really like about it is the problem solving part. Like, there's everyone's got different problems with their golf games, right? Everybody's <laughs> swing is a snowflake. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, I've seen everyone from like a 90-year-old dude who swings it like 90 miles per hour still to like, you know, juniors and then you got the like early 20-year-old guys who are like swinging at 120 miles per hour with their driver. And everyone's got a different issue. So it's really cool to just be able to like provide people solutions and like make the game easier and more fun for them. I think that's kind of what I've enjoyed the most throughout the last, you know, however many months that I've been at club champion. And at the, at least at San Carlos, dude, it's like, we've got like a really good team. Like everyone's personality meshes well with each other. Like there's not like, from what I've heard, like other places have like problem childs, you know, so everyone gets along, like we all help each other out. 
we help out with fits. We help out with all the in-store stuff that we need to do. And yeah, like it's all about like providing a really good experience to customers. So it's been super fun and, you know, super happy at where I'm at right now and just like eager to learn more and like try to help more people like get better at playing golf. So how about you, man? How's it year been at Club Champion? Yeah, I mean, um, we've been super busy up to about the month of September. So, you know, we're, you know, Portland is a little bit more uh, seasonal. So coming kind of into the fall and winter, you start getting a lot of people, a lot of the older group uh, crowd are snowbirds. And so they're starting to go down to Southern California and Arizona and Florida to their second homes. So like a lot of our big spenders are those guys. Um, So they, they usually come in right when new equipment, you know, releases in February, March, like, and, you know, that's why our busy season is right around uh, the Masters all the way through August, mm-hmm. you know, but we're actually staying busier than we normally do mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like this time of year. And this is one thing if anybody is thinking about getting fit, like, you know, sometimes the fit fee is a hang up because it is pretty hefty of a fee, but. What Club Champion has been doing is we've literally ran a promo all year where if you buy a club, you get a full bag for 100 bucks. or if we just do one section of your bag, it's $50. And then we've got putter month running, so you, know, you can get in for a putter fit, and if you buy the putter, you get the fit for free. So, you know, always keep an eye out for any of our promos because it will allow you in entry level into a custom fit without spending a lot of upfront cost. So keep an eye out on all of that. But the season has been, you know, the year has been good for us. Um, you know, I don't think the industry has, has seen a downtick as much as some other industries that boomed in the, in the COVID era, Mm -hmm. you know, golf is still, popping it's still hard to get tea times there's a lot of people that are still entering um the golf you know spectrum where i get guys that are like i've been playing for a year and and Mm -hmm. i want to you know i'm trying to get better i'm getting lessons and now i now it's time to get fit and so you know it's really nice to see the industry flourishing because i've been playing since i was nine i know you started playing a little bit later in your life and so I've seen the ups and downs of the golf industry. Like I, I remember oh three oh four. You know, you could buy a driver for three hundred and fifty four hundred bucks, and they would give you a three wood for free. And that was all the manufacturers. <laughs> oh, like that's shit. how down golf was. Yeah, it's like, crazy. You know, I bought a Cleveland high bore driver in like oh three for four hundred bucks, and got a Cleveland high bore three wood. Like it, it just, it's crazy how the industry has changed in a big way that it's changed is the way people are able to get fit as well. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a kid growing up, TrackMan, you know, all of these launch monitors didn't exist. You just had this old guy that's been doing it for 25 years standing behind you going, yep, that's dead online. Yep, that's dead online. And doesn't, there wasn't any information to kind Mm -hmm. of teach you. And so, you know, it's really changed and there's been, you know, people 
that are, you know, really into social media or, you know, just the world now revolves around data electronics and being able to have information at the tip of your fingers Mm -hmm. where I think that's where the golf industry has really, you know, driven to be at a different level now Mm -hmm. with being able to prove to somebody that we are getting them in a better setup. Mm -hmm. I think that has completely changed the game on how you can, you know, show somebody that it's an improvement or that, Hey, you should just keep your irons because they're doing the same thing and it's not worth it for you to go out and spend two grand on a new set. So, you know, one thing I think kind of leading from that is the best season to get fit. Yeah. You know, and I think we both agree on this. The fall is the best season. Absolutely. No questions to get fit. What is your reason you would say that the fall is the best time? Well, I think for me, like, I mean, like taking it from just like this, like all kind of, um, you know, across the U.S., you know, like golf season's winding down. So everyone's played through the summer, right? Like everyone's kind of done with, you know, like chasing trash as like their late summer runs and everything and football season's out and college football season's like in full tilt. So now that you've played all of your golf through the summer, like you've probably done a couple of golf trips, like it's time to start planning for the upcoming season. I mean, here in the Bay Area, it's a little bit different because golf season is pretty much year round. Like I think the last two years, I made be like the longest break I took from golf during like fall winter was maybe two weeks. Like there was always golf to be played. But um, yeah, like you've, you know, I think it's like going into like setting goals for the next year. That's why I think it's one of the best times to get fit. And from what I've heard, some of the best times to get fit is because, you know, like you have to prep for the next year, whether you're someone who, you know, you're prepping for a golf trip in the summer or something like that. Like you want to get the equipment dialed in now so that you're going to you know, whether it's you've got an indoor simulator or you're a range rat and you go to a range during the winter, like this is the time to really dial it in before you, and that way you get ahead of your, your friends and your peers once you start playing again for the summer or for the spring and then going into summer. So I think it's more of a timing and kind of like planning thing for me more than anything from what I can see. Cause I, I've pretty much used to do the same thing. Like I would play with all my clubs through the season and then it kind of fell in line with like Titleist and Callaway usually releasing drivers during around this time and during January where I would already know like, oh, okay, like I maybe need a new driver or a new three wood. And like, this was a time for me to kind of, you know, fuck around with equipment because I'm an equipment hoe. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like, and just getting ready for the summer. So I'm not really changing much during that time. What about you, man? Yeah, so uh, it's pretty similar for us. Uh, it's a little bit more seasonal because being in the Pacific Northwest, everybody knows it gets really wet. Um, we get a little bit of snow through the through the winter, so a lot of our customers, you know, shut it down through through the winter time um, and don't open it back up until March, you know, end of February, uh, or a lot of 
you know, customers are snowbirds and will, you know, go down south for the winter. So they're, they're not actually in town. But to get fit, I mean, you've been playing all year or all golf season and your swing is not going to get any better than it will be right now between August and September coming into October. So it's the best time because your swing is as dialed as it's going to be. So if if you come in right when a lot of the new woods and hybrids and things get, you know, come out at the beginning of March, you know, coming into April, um, you're not going to be in good shape. You're going to be, you might've hit the range five or six times over the winter. You might've been able to sneak a few rounds in if you, you know, do what we did and go to Vegas to, to play some golf in the winter. Um, and then still have 48 degree, um, frozen, uh, frozen greens on the places you're playing. Cause we caught Vegas in the coldest fucking time in the world. But, you know, unless you're doing those type of things, your swing is going to fall off. So if you're coming in, you're not going to get the best fit possible coming in with a rusty game. So especially in the Pacific Northwest, this is the time to kind of get fit. And so I wish more customers would understand that because we push that so much as a company, but also as a fitter, knowing because we are golfers ourselves, where our ability is at its highest. And, you know, right now I'm playing my best golf I have played all year within the last two or three weeks, almost a month. So, it's, Dude, we, for, we forgot. Shout out Big Chris for breaking par this year. That's fucking awesome, dude. It was a 69. In about 69, sexy 69. It's been about 13 years since yeah. I've broken par. Um, so it's been a minute. And, you know, it wasn't at the most challenging course. It was at this course called Cross Creek in, in uh, Dallas, which is just west of Salem where I live. And so, you know, it... 60 6600 yards wide open course but hey you still got to hit the shots yeah so i'm just stoked that i that i pulled that off and had witnesses of my dad and my brother and our boy bean yeah. out there seeing was, me throwing darts all day was that your like birthday weekend round two or was that <laughs> yeah it, that, it was yeah that's awesome yeah man. and i know i know you guys are gonna talk about it on another pod right yep yep We'll talk about it on another pod that'll be out before the end of the year because we are running out of episodes. You know, everybody that listens to the pod um, knows we take a break between Thanksgiving and Christmas to focus on family. Um, so, you know, it's it we'll we'll, we'll sneak it in, yeah. but it, it's getting it's getting tight with the amount of episodes we have left. Yeah, but shout out, congratulations shout out. to you. We'll we'll definitely yeah. mention some of the bag setup later, but interested to hear like was there a club that you got this year that kinda helped you break par or something like that? Like that'd be cool to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna throw it in this episode and we'll we'll kinda go through that. But us being fitters, mm-hmm. we we were trained to kind of fit a certain way, but we all kind of have our ways of going about it or have, I wouldn't say biases, because we try to be, you know, as brand agnostic as 100% possible. But, you know, we all kind of have our, 
our go-tos or our favorite things. So I wanted to kind of ask you, what is your favorite fit to do? You know, there there's a bunch of different categories that you guys can pick if you want to come in and get fit at Club Champion through me or Jack. Uh, if you're in the Bay Area, Jack's at San Carlos. You can find him on the Club Champion website and book straight through there and pick Jack as your fitter. I am in Tiger, Oregon, so you can do the same thing through the Club Champion website. But if someone books a fit, which one do you get excited about? Um, I, I think early in the year, I was like, very excited about doing full bags but then i i think like my first like three or four full bags went over time and i was just like man this is like kind of exhausting so it's kind of changed throughout the year for me um i would say probably two different ones for me um driver driver and putter are kind of two that i'm i'm like really liking right now um i've gotten people some like crazy results with putters um at these two ladies from thailand that came in like you know this is america is basically like their vacation home like they have a vacation home in in redwood shores um so like they really like all they do is come here and like be tourists and play golf like they play golf in i think like four different states this summer so like super cool people like really fun to hang around with and they're all like, hey, like, we're kind of, like, playing our best golf right now. But, you know, like, kind of normal problems that they were having um, was was just, like, you know, like, not having enough height and stuff like that. And both of them did full bag with putter. So I did putter fittings for both of them. And, like, it was just crazy the amount of change that the putting had on them. Um, so far they've only had like three rounds, I think with the putters, I think they're leaving this week, but they've had three rounds with their putters and all three rounds, like they had called me afterwards and they would be like, Oh my God. Like I, that was the best like putting round of my life ever. Like one of them had 26 putts on one round at Stinnabar. And like, she's, she's like a stick dude. She's like, I think she's like a two or three handicap, but she's, like crazy good and she was like oh it's like that was absolutely my best round of putting and then her her friend was also like the same thing like they played Moffitt like two weeks later and she had her best round putting and she i think she said that was the first time she like broke 29 putts or something like that like so i think putting's been pretty crazy good lately which i've, I've really enjoyed like explaining to people how they can get better through a putter fit because it's one of those that like most people don't think they need to get fit for a putter like they just go to golf mart or pga superstore and like roll some putts type of deal but there's a lot of science into it and i i think that's probably my one one of my favorite ones and i think driver for sure is just driver is always fun when you can like unlock someone's potential like i think a lot of people they get super tentative and I would say most like mid handicappers, you know, people in like the 15, 16s trying to get down to like 10 or single digits, like off the tee is usually their issue. Um, so it's fun to like put a club in someone's hand and like freedom up to just like 
hit bombs or just stripe it down a fairway. So I think those two for me have been kind of my favorite fits to do, at least over the last couple months. Like I said earlier on, I was like really into full bags, just getting that shit done in like four hours, but whatever. Um, But right now, just really enjoying drivers and putter. What about you, man? So that's the exact answer I would say. Um, so the reason I say that, and, and full bags are fun, but most people can't do a full bag in no. one sitting. Like it's like 280 to 300 swings most of the time for a full bag. So like we're most of the time we're breaking it up anyways and mm. focusing on certain sections and having them come in a second time. Mm-hmm. But you know, we do that a lot. One, because we have a little bit more of an open schedule. So mm. we're able to be able to spend a little bit more time, mm. you know, when, when you're in the Bay area, you, you guys get full much faster than we do. So yeah. it's hard to be able to do that. But by the way, we only have two bays in my store. So that's like, yeah, one and of that's the crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's like, like top you, five busiest store in the nation. And we only have two bays. Yeah, we need we Nick needs to get that taken care of. You guys at least need to have one more bay or find a bigger bigger place. But yeah. the the reason I like driver and putter is because two ways you're going to lose strokes or cut strokes out of your rounds the fastest. Most of the time people are buying drivers just like they do putters right off the rack. They're going into their big box store, whatever's local or a golf shop. They might have a fitting at their, you know, a fitting at their actual club where, you know, Titleist or Callaway comes out with a bag of clubs and you get to hit a couple and, you know, it's they they do what they can but they're limited to the offerings that they have through the manufacturers that they work with or if you're going into a big box they're they're buying the most popular shaft head combos to put on their racks so that it's easy to sell you know people people want to see certain shafts because that's what they see the PGA pros playing well that if I hand you Rory McIlroy's fucking driver, 95% of people would never be able to hit a fucking ball with it. It's just, it's fit to him. It's meant to be his driver. So, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves, because me and yourself are always going out and trying new equipment or have different things in the bag. My biggest pet peeve is when someone goes, hey, can I hit your driver? And it's like, <laughs> you can but it's not fucking fit for you. Yeah. Like you're not going to probably hit it great. Like not a lot of people are playing 40 gram extra stiff driver shafts. Like yeah. probably not going to work well for you, but you know, it, I, I hate that. But the reason I love drivers is because if you can get somebody to hit more fairways and gain a little bit of yardage by also tightening up their dispersion, there, it you know, most amateur golfers are probably going to hit 40 to 50% of fairways. If you can get them to hit, you know, 50 to 70% of fairways, like even if you lose a tad bit of distance, you're going to score more often because you're putting the ball in play and in the right position for you to be able to attack the pins and score. So, you know, it's all about putting yourself in the right positions. And I think driver is going to be the biggest benefit for most because we hit those big hitters that can hit it, you know, carry it 280 to 
320. Like we get them all, we get them frequently, but the majority of our customer base are going to be the people that hit it 220 to 235 carry and might roll it out to 250 to 265. And you know, I can relate cuz that's very similar to my numbers. And but a lot of those guys picking things off the rack They're getting too much spin, too low height, too much height, or it's just the wrong setup completely, and it's getting them to create poor consistency and poor, you know, positioning because they're trying to make something work that isn't ever going to work for them. So showing them when they hit their driver and then we go ahead and pick, you know, go through the shafts first, then find the head that matches it. It's enlightening to mm-hmm. customers. Like it, it's like a bulb just like pops in their head, and they're just like, "I had no clue shafts meant this much." Yeah, that's my biggest thing I get from anybody. They're like, "I had no clue," and I and then you look at them and you go, "That's why a good shaft is three hundred to five hundred dollars." Like, yeah, the shaft is seventy percent of the golf club. Yeah, and you know you can plug it and play and in, mo- in a few heads, and you're gonna find similar numbers once you find that shaft but you know consistency is going to create you know much better games and you're going to shoot a lot lower if you're not in the trees and you're trying to punch out and deal with you know trying to recover from those shit shots that you know you might not have swung horribly bad but the driver is incorrect to stiff or too stiff in the tip or there's too much weight in the handle there's a million things that can cause these things and no bagging on manufacturers, but they don't really give a fuck about swing weight. They really, like, all they want to do is make sure that a head doesn't come off. Yeah, That's exactly. their whole agenda, trying to get something out the door. So getting right swing weights, getting the right lengths, doing all of these things, making sure that your your adapter is in the right place and you understand if you change or adjust it, what the hell it's going to actually do. Because, like, most people don't know if you add or subtract loft, it's also opening or closing the face. And so you might need more loft, but it, you know, some drivers, if you add more loft, can close the face down. And then you're going to be like, why the hell am I, I hitting it left? Yeah. Why am I drawing it again? Why am I drawing it? I want to hit a fade with my driver. And you're like, well, then you need to go up in loft and then maybe lower it a little yeah. bit to keep that face open. So, like, People don't understand this shit. They just, everybody also thinks they need to be an eight or nine degree driver. And like some of the biggest hitters I know are in 10 and a half degree drivers. Like, yeah, it, it's all about optimal numbers. And that's why I love getting it fitting people in that because it shows people exactly why this is working. And then with putters, like you said, everybody walks into a place, hits a couple putts. That's good buys it year down the road when they fucking hate that putter they do it again yeah where you know our putter you know our putter fitting is done with this awesome thing called sam putt lab which is going to break down the three most important things that make a putter work for you and that is toe hang lie and loft and most people don't even know what toe hang is and that's why there's so many hosels made, and that's the little part that attaches your shaft to the head if you don't know what a hosel is. Um, those hosels are what create the toe hang for a putter. 
and then also dependent what shape of putter it is. So, you know, those are all the data points that Sam kicks out. And once you get somebody into that proper putter, it's a game changer. I mean, that's probably the one. There's probably a lot more people that have been fit for drivers and maybe not to our extent, but they've gone through some sort of a fitting where outside of us, I've worked in big box. There isn't anybody out there that does putter fittings like we do, other than if you go to the manufacturer's, you know, headquarters down in Southern California, where most of them are at, and go through their overly expensive putter fitting down there. But then you're pigeonholed into just one brand, where we can fit you in everything. And then with options of shafts and changing out weights and all that stuff, we can dial you into a putter that should be a lifetime purchase. Yeah. You know, if that, that's one of the reasons I like putter fittings, it's like once you figure out like what actually works for you, that's, that's one of the ones like that aren't going to change for a while. Cause it's, cause it's like, I've, I've maybe like, I would say like, one out of 20 people are tinkers that have like truly just like almost mental cases with putting where they'll have like so many different putters, but you know, to play good golf, you have to know what type of putter works for your stroke. Cause that stroke, unless you really get a lesson to work, to change your putting style, that shouldn't change. Like that's one of those, like, you can change your swing easier than you change your natural putting stroke. So I, I think like that's why putting is like one of the most important things to get fit for. And also it's one of them. I, I think that's why it's one of the best clubs to start fitting in your bag. Cause if you can't get the ball in the hole, then the game's going to be hard for you. Right. Um, I, I think, yeah, putt- putting for me is probably that as far as like if we were to tell someone who's like a new golfer or someone who like took a break from the game, asked us like, hey, like what's the best thing to get fit for for right now? Like my first answer is usually putter. And then for me, like I asked them, hey, like what have you been working on as you're getting back into the game? Like the next most important club to me is kind of the same thing driver but on after putter what i like to ask people is like can you hit driver because there's a lot of people who like go into a driver fit and they literally cannot hit a driver so i think it's like as far as like finding out what the best club to get fit first after putter it's dependent on the skill level of that player and like what they're what they're doing and what they're working at. Um, I usually tell them like, look, if we can't hit driver, don't play with driver for right now. Like go borrow a driver from a driving range and learn, like, you know, take a lesson and like actually learn how to hit driver because I can put something in your hands that you might hit. Okay. Right now. But once you actually get a, an actual driver swing that you've practiced, that's probably going to drastically change. So I usually tell them putter. And then if they can hit their irons, I'll tell them irons are the second kind of like most important thing to start fitting in their bag. What about you, dude? Yeah. I mean, 
always putter is the most important thing, especially because again, nobody nobody goes through putter fittings. They just pick something off the rack or they win it in a tournament or it was a hand me down. It's just you know, and and that's the one thing I I hate about Scotty Cameron sometimes is because people see it on TV, they see how popular it is, they see so many people use them, and they're like, it's got to be the best putter in the world. And so people just go buy one off the rack. Scotty Cameron's are great putters. Don't get me wrong, I'm not bagging on Scotty's. I've had 40 some, if not more, Scotty's that have come through my life. And, you know, I, I love Scotty Cameron, but when that's the issue with the PGA Tour is when people see things on tour, we all know the minute that Wyndham Clark and fucking Ricky won with the goddamn jailbird, we as fitters get a million phone calls and emails asking us if we've got the jailbird, we've got the Ricky putter. Just because Ricky Fowler uses it and it's transformed his putting game does not mean that putter is going to work for you. And the other one, you know, Lab right now is the hottest putter, I would say, in the industry. Because there's so many guys on the Champions Tour, the PGA, the LPGA in college, like insane amount of people that have switched to the lab and i think there's an absolute reason for that i think it's an incredible tool that never existed in the putter realm Mm -hmm. it's something that it's the first time i've seen a new engineered product that actually makes a difference where you know everybody is a copycat in the golf industry oh yeah you know one person puts out one model Every person puts out a similar model. It just it cycles like that. Like Scotty thinks he's a genius with his blades. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, Kirsten with Ping a long time ago made the answer, and that is where everybody else got their shape for their blades. So it's not a re-engineering, guys. Scotty isn't the only one that makes a good blade. It's just like it's hit his ability to market gets people there but that's where i would say i would start and then the other way i kind of go about it especially if you're a newer golfer or you're trying to improve quickly you know we have a pga partner program and so we you know we as fitters can actually go out and sign up pga partners or people that we respect um and we can, you know, utilize them where a new golfer comes into me and they're really dedicated to get better. I've got my guy, Andy Morris, that I work with heavily. He probably works with 25 to 30 of my my customers. And so if I get a customer that comes in for a, for a fitting and just can't make contact with the ball or a new golfer that just walks in and wants to chat with me about fitting most of the time what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna send them to andy andy's gonna work with them he's gonna get them to be able to make contact he's gonna be able to to have them see what a positive ball flight looks like and then when andy feels they're ready he's gonna send them back to me and he's gonna send me an email and he's gonna tell me hey their driver is okay for now their wedges are fine for now i think what they need to start with or focus on is going to be irons or 
whatever club, you know, he is seeing that is probably their biggest, you know, hang up to get their handicap lower to play better golf. That's where we're going to start. So I think one thing before you go get fit, find a good PGA pro in your area and make sure your swing is dialed because you don't want to spend all this money on equipment and it doesn't even have to be dialed. It just has to be to a point where we can make good contact on the ball to see the difference in clubs. So like if you don't know a good PGA pro, contact your local club champion because every store has some sort of connection with a good PGA pro and can send you in the right direction. Like if you're in the Bay and you call and ask Jack, he'll probably send you to the golf spot where our, you know, our boy, Kevin Pauly and a lot of, you know, great fitters work at the golf spot. Jack, you might have someone else in your area that you prefer over that as well that you might send them to or reach out to you know the guys in the store if you don't and ask them who they feel is the best in the area to go to the bay area is big so you might want not want to send them all the way over to the east bay to, from san carlos to go to the the golf spot but yeah. like you guys might have somebody like at crystal springs or something that might you know be a really good fit for somebody yeah, we've got a couple of different um, PGA partners. I think all throughout, like San Jose, like we, it's weird. We get customers all over from like literally like Petaluma, as far north as Petaluma. Actually, I take that back. We have this one guy from Humboldt, like literally drives down <laughs> from Humboldt to our store to get fit. And he's done it three times this year. Or like different parts. There's of the nowhere night. else, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, between Humboldt and you guys, I mean, that's it. Like, yeah. there really isn't anything else unless you go to your big box store, which you know, days I come from like the big swap. Yeah, yeah, and I come <laughs> from the big box world. If you're yeah. a high handicap and you have a budget, that's your place to go. But if you're trying to be better at golf and get things dialed in. You yeah. need to come to a place like Club Champion or a custom fitter near you. Um, before we get to our last couple other like kind of topics we wanted to talk about, what's like kind of the craziest gain that you've seen this year? Like it could be putter, it could be driver. Like what's one of the craziest things that you've seen? Um so this is one of my favorites. Uh, so I had I had a customer come in. Last time he was fit, he was in his 50s. He was 72. So he was like 51, 52 last time he got fit. And he came in and he was playing old Titleist Blades with, you know, S400 Dynamic Gold Stiff Shafts, which for most guys in their 70s, that's going to be a very heavy setup. Like, it's going to be hard to get, even if you hit perfect contact, which this guy did. Um, like, his irons, he brought them in. He had a dimple in the middle of his club that was concave. It literally was carving in the iron. Incredible ball striker. Um and he was just losing distance. Mm -hmm. And he, the first thing he says to me, he goes, don't put me in any of that cavity back bullshit. I only hit blades and I'll never change. And when guys tell me that, usually I, I'm not too keen on somebody telling me how to do my job. 
Um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, I'll usually fight him back. But when I saw the strike pattern and wear pattern on his irons, I was like, yes, sir. We will focus on on uh, blades, and we're going to find you the right shaft. So I asked the guy what, what clubs he wanted uh, to try first, because usually we work through shafts. So something that's familiar with a customer, I always try to ask them what head they want to start with or what realm of heads they want to start with. And I'll use that as kind of the starting point, unless they're batshit crazy and I see them warm up and they can't barely hit a club and they want to start with a blade I'm not going to do that um but so this guy goes I really you know I want to get out of Titleist I really love the way Mizuno's look so I was like cool so we take the 221 you know I had him hit his his uh his clubs his six iron um and you know dead down the middle you know dispersion was insane his his you know club path was positive two and his you know facing you know face to path was was negative one like it was beautiful you know the guy could stripe the ball but he was hitting it really short Mm -hmm. um for his club head speed he was spinning a little too much so you know he probably had mid 70s you know mid to high 70s club head speed which for guy 72 that's still moving the club. Yeah. And so we started Ooh, with graphite. Yeah. So he was probably hitting it, hitting his six iron about 145, 148 uh, at his at his speed. So we started playing with some lighter weight graphite. Um, he couldn't he couldn't really control the head because he's been used to such heavy shafts for so long um we then started dabbling in some lighter flex shafts so Mm. kind of in the you know lighter you know regular but also you know kind of in some of the a flex stuff and we went up in weight as close as we could to kind of what s400s are so we were hitting you know 105 you know 110 you know shaft weights all in kind of regular flex or if we had them that heavy in kind of a little bit lighter flex and so we ended up fitting him into uh, 110 gram regular recoils uh ust recoil shafts and the head that worked best for him was the tiger woods blade from <laughs> TaylorMade. <laughs> When he walked out, he was hitting these 168 yards with 86 club head speed. That's fucking sick. Because I, yeah, because I cut 25, you know, grams out of his shaft. He got yeah. a little bit more flex in him so that he was launching them a little bit higher, but not, you know, adding a whole lot of spin to him. And the guy to this day you know, is still blown away at how good the clubs feel and look. Holy shit. You know, so that was the best gains I've had. And actually one of the funnest fits I've ever had as a fitter, because usually when someone tries to dictate to me how a fit goes, it's not going to go well. Because every time I try to prove to them something is better, they're always going to revert back to what they want. And that's not how custom fitting works. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, Yeah. What about you? I, I recently had this dude. He comes in. He like he wants to do a full bag. So we go through the full bag. We get to driver. And, you know, like his irons, he was hitting them fine. 
and picked him up like 10 more yards of carry and another like three or four degrees of stopping power on it. So he was pretty happy about the irons, but we get to the driver and like, he's it, dude just like had zero swing speed for some reason. And he's like mid thirties, almost forties. Um, he was swinging his driver like 72 miles per hour. And I was just like, bro, like you were, you're literally like swinging your irons faster than your driver. Like what's going on. And so I, I get him to like loosen up a little bit, you know, do a couple of things with them as far as like drills and like just stuff that I do to like, kind of try to hype up my customers or like get them to just be more free with their swing. I was just like, Hey, like, don't worry about contact. Like literally, I just want to know how fast you can swing this club. So he does that for about like five, 10 minutes. And like, he gets it up to like 82 miles per hour. Right. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like we can work with that. Like just keep swinging that way. And like contact will happen. And basically like what he was telling me, he was like, yeah, like I got a two way miss. Like I'm like scared shitless of fucking hitting my driver. And he plays a lot at Peacock Gap. So, you know, over there, like, pretty narrow at times. And you can't really fucking miss anywhere because there's either OB, water, or you're in the trees. So, get him, like, get through it. Find the right shaft. And then, like, I, I think it was, like, like, we found the right shaft. And I got him into kind of a somewhat counterbalance shaft. I got him into the... uh um, Tensei 1K Orange. And, like, he took, like, two shots with it, and they were, like, kind of right around that 80-mile-per-hour swing speed. And he looks back, he's like, wow, like, this feels really good. And then he takes a couple of practice swings, and his next shot was 100 miles per hour. Like, it was a little bit of a block, but it was 100 miles per hour swing speed. And I looked at him, I was like dude, like how do you go from swinging it 72 miles per hour to now swinging it at a hundred miles per hour? Like that makes more sense to me. Cause I was telling him, I'm like, you're literally like, you just got to trust it. Like you got to hit it and like just swing free. And like, I just like, this was literally the last shaft that I had pulled off the wall. And I was like, just swing away and like, just go swings it at a hundred. And then I was like, all right, well, shit, this is the wrong flex. So, like, let me get you the right flex. And then, like, same shaft, right flex. And let's fucking go at it. And by the time, like, basically his driver start, like, that 70-mile-per-hour swing that he had, he was carrying it, like, 150 or something like that and rolling out to 180. By the time that we were done with it, the driver he ended up with, he was carrying it somewhere around, like, 230 and rolling out to, like, 260 almost and uh, like i was pretty blown away just by like putting something in his hands that like made him comfortable he was able to actually just like be free with his game and that was probably one of yeah like one of my more fun fits too but just seeing that jump in club speed was was pretty insane i mean like it's always fun to see some like college dudes like we had this uh guy from usc like started playing golf over the summer and like he was, you know, buying new equipment. So I was just watching the fit happen. And this dude was swinging 121 miles per hour and slicing the ball with 170 miles per hour of ball speed. 
like there it's fun seeing shit like that but then when you actually like help somebody with a problem like that's where i kind of like just like those are my favorite fits yeah so with newer golfers i you know especially younger newer golfers i see a lot of them you know be able to get those kind of you know club head speed numbers because they haven't created tendencies yet or have been scared enough while playing um to you know create the the issues in their swing to to slow it down or try to correct something you know they they're just swinging for the fences and trying to hit it as far as you can which is a positive and a negative thing because one you need to know how to control the driver so that you can actually find center of the face and get it to go straight. But two, you don't want to really touch that too much because you don't want them to kind of get in that space like your customer where they create a tendency where it's just a fairway finder because they're so scared of going OB. And especially when you have that kind of club head speed mm-hmm. and you get like a 40 yard left to right fucking slice or or a hook the opposite way and it's like you know you you gotta have best of both worlds there uh, and so those are always fun because you know you you get kind of guys like yours who have been playing for a while but have created these horrendous you know hiccups in their game because they're just they've been scared so so often and they've hit so many bad shots that they are scared to free themselves up to swing at it or you get those guys that are you know like a toddler trying to walk for the first time that are just like trying to figure it out and have no thought process of like what you need to do to control it. They're just swinging as hard as they can. So it's fun on both, both spectrums. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, the gains are always there and it's probably one of the funnest things to see as a fitter, um, to be able to do that. But yeah, well, what would you say? Thing, my yeah. guy that was like, he went from 72 to 100 miles per hour. Like, he had been playing with, uh, I think it was that tailor made burner driver. It's like Arrow Burner. The mini one? No, no, no. Uh, it, it's like Arrow, Arrow something. Oh, the old white one? Yeah, like the one with the white crown. And, yep. like, he, has, he said he just bought it off the rack, and that's what he's been playing with. And basically, like, that thing's swing weight was so light that there was zero way that he could even swing it past 80 miles per hour and make good contact. So it's like, that told me, I was like, oh, like, just like, prime example of just like buying shit off the rack and like, not understanding how the equipment is supposed to work is working against someone. Um, anyway, um well, the next topic we have was uh, top three clubs that we've been seeing in fits this year. Um, yeah, like, we, let's start with you. Like, what's kind of the number three, you know, it doesn't have to be a club, but, like, maybe the brand or something like that. But top three clubs that you've been seeing in fits a lot this year or this season. So we're starting with, uh, we'll work down to the one that's number been one. working the best. Okay, so three, you know, I'll start out in the driver realm. Um, I would say Titleist absolutely has murdered the drivers. Um, And I'm not going to say TSR1 or TSR, uh, the whole line. 
there is there's no hang up there it just depends on what the person specifically needs out of a driver but i think with the four models they put out this year Mm -hmm. you can fit 95 percent of people if we only had titleists they could probably fit 95 percent of people there's always going to be you know someone that might benefit a little bit from something else Mm -hmm. but titleist is always top two to top three drivers in every single fit you know it it might be that someone needs a little bit more spin and the stealth just gets that little bit of extra spin for them or if someone needs to you know they just get tight like a few yards tighter dispersion with callaway like that that will happen but it's literally nitpicking here and there and titleist is always up there and so i would say titleist drivers um, by far probably my third best i i, I would i just want to put it out there i hope we don't have the same list um i was gonna say titleist woods and hybrids in any like long game fit or any driver fit, like you said, it's always kind of like top two or three and it's like malleable to where like, if I need to do something like we're talking about, like how the face looks at setup, like switching from a 11 degree down to a nine and then like turning up the loft or something like that. Like it's so easy to do that with their, you know, their sure fit system. But for some reason, they've just been winning a lot of woods for me. Like, I don't know what it is. Like there's certain times I'll go to ping and aerojet for specific reasons. Like if I need a lighter head, I'll usually go to the aerojet line with, um, low spin. If I just need someone like with max forgiveness and kind of low spin, I like the G four thirty. but all across the board, like you said, in about 90, 95% of fits, I can always count on title lists to like actually perform and put out numbers that I'm looking for. And it's like not just ball speed, but like ball speed launch, like trying to solve certain things for better players. Like the, the TSR three line money for better players for me. So um, yeah, what I was going to say woods and hybrids for me for number three would be title This is something that's showing up right now. Yeah, and Titleist has not been that in oh. in previous years, to be honest. Yeah. Like, really, the the changeover for them was about four years ago when the TS line came mm-hmm. out. Um, and I don't think they were all the way there yet with the TS line. It was a massive improvement from what they had previously in the 900 line mm-hmm. or the series of different 900s that they had. Um, but then TSI came out and you were like wow i I don't know if they're going to be able to improve based off the tsi line and tsr has definitely hit the hit the precipice of of what they're capable of doing so i've really dug that but number two for me would be the lab mez putter Mm -hmm. um i would say 60% of my putters big thing is I will say people come in intrigued by them because they are an Oregon based company so you know a lot of people like to support local but you know guys that don't even know who Lab is um, they have been a game changer for a lot of guys that struggle with putters 
Um, and I would say people of all abilities probably could see some positivity coming out of lab golf, especially because they're 360 degree balance. There is no toe hang involved. There's, you know, there's different weighting options, different head sizes, different shaft options. It's probably the most versatile putter on the market because you can literally customize it to anybody's ability or what they're looking for feel wise look wise you know it's you're not going to get that in a lot of other brands um you know it's the putter is what it is and you can maybe change the shaft and grip and you know the settings of the where the putter sits and things like that but you can go full bore on the lab golf stuff and it has been drastically beneficial for a lot of those guys like you were talking about earlier that like have bought in 30 putters over a 25 year span and like they just keep buying stuff because it's just not working out for them and that's when they become head cases and it's kind of a point and shoot kind of putter like if you line it up and you take your stroke it's gonna hit that line yeah, we can't help you with being able to find the line, but you know that's you. You got to learn how to read greens, but like yeah. it's going to keep you on that line. Yeah, if if it if basically like what I've seen with Lab, if you can get over how it looks and just focus on like how it performs, like it will suit your eye. But like I think some people like we've had people just like not buy labs because they're like, I just can't get over how it looks. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like it's, there's a lot of things you're going to have to get used to. And like looking at it is, should be probably the last thing. Like, is it making the best putts for you? And is it, is it rolling the putts right for you? Then what does the look matter? Right. Yeah, my response to that every time is when you're taking your friend's money on the golf course because the putter is working better for you, are you going to give a shit the way that the putter looks? Like, I say it exactly like that to my customers. And I, you know, most of them go, yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. Like, and some of those guys as friends have then come into the shop wanting a lab golf because they just got their ass beat by their buddy that got, you know, custom fit into one. So, you know, that that's kind of my ploy in how I go about that because I, I, I think it's so stupid and it happens in irons all the time in the top of drivers where guys are just like, I just can't get used to the way it looks down there after they just had massive gains with it. And you're like... Who cares what it looks like, man? Like, it does not matter. Performance is the only thing that matters. Like, you know, and that's when I usually will pull my irons out. You know, being a four handicap, most people think I'm using forged blades or, you know, or like a really thin top-lined, you know, cavity back player's iron. And I'm playing, you know, and I'm playing Strixon ZX5s with the thicker top line, thicker sole, all that kind of stuff. So you just, you got to get over that, you know. So what is your favorite or the one that you've seen in fits the absolute most this year? Um, well, number two for me, I was going to say Odyssey putters. Something about Odyssey this year on the tri line and the Versa line just works for a lot of people like when we narrow it down to the right putters 
there's rarely any putter fit where I don't pull out an Odyssey. Um, well, it, it helps too because they have the largest selection of heads in their line than any yeah. other brand. That's that's true, but also like feel wise, like there's people that go from like like the milled face, and they're just like, oh, I hate inserts, and I'm never like like. I've had some people who are like, don't put TaylorMade or don't put Ping in my hands because a lot of them have kind of that polyurethane insert. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you didn't tell me not to put Odyssey. So here's a fucking Odyssey. But a lot of what they're doing in that tri hot putter is going really good and it's working for a lot of people. So that's my number two. Um, I would say the number one for me that. I've been seeing a lot in fits this year, kind of win a lot of different battles um, and just show absolutely flat out unbeatable performance is probably LA golf, like through the bag woods all the way down to putters, whatever they're doing. And do you know them? Like they don't really tell us how their technology works. Like we just know, it's the most amount of layers of material that anyone's ever put on shafts. Um, something like that. But like just their shit flat out performs for everyone. Like there's rarely a time and the times that I've seen it, that it doesn't perform. It's probably because it's on a newer golfer who can't really hit it well and fi- can't find the sweet spot on the club head. But it's, if I put LA golf in a fit, like usually it'll have some of the best performance, if not the best performance. Yeah, I've seen it a lot with um, with irons and and hybrids this year. I would say the LA golfs in those two categories have worked really, really, really well. And I mean, I think the big thing that kind of helps them too is the uh, how you know shafts are made. There's going to be a low, medium, and kind of high trajectory that their shafts produce and they have you can kind of create that within many different weights and flexes which i think you know that's where the graphite realm i think in the next five years you're gonna see probably an uptick of 50 percent of golfers playing graphite within their wedges and woods or their wedges and irons because what they can create trajectory wise with lighter or heavier shafts and the materials that they're able to use, you know, LA golf's materials are the same materials that they're using on Lamborghini and Ferrari engines. So it's like, you know, the carbons and things like that mixed in with the graphalines and Kevlar's and all these different materials to create different flex points and, you know, different ways that the shaft is supposed to work. You can't do with a long grain steel. Like long grain steel is what, what it is. You can make it heavier, lighter, you can step it or make it a rifle shaft, but there, that, that's the limits of a steel shaft. So what you can create with graphite is so much more expansive. Um, for me, my best club that I've fit this year is the Apex UW. Um, it spicy literally... I, that's, a, that's a spicy take right there. I have probably put 50 of them in people's bags this year. Um, it 
I have one in my bag. My co-work, both of my coworkers have them in their bags. Um, you know, I just played with Brand, our boy Brandon Lehman. He's got one in his bag. You know, it's it's what I love about it is you if you're a woods guy or you're a hybrid guy, you're gonna get along with the Apex UW. Um, because it utilizes wood shafts, so it's basically a five wood length, longer than a normal hybrid, but then you're going to get the characteristics that you like off of a high lofted wood or a hybrid. And they're just hot, too. It's, I mean, guys that have issues with that part of their bag, which I would say that area that kind of follows your irons and then kind of follow and then comes before your three wood it's a big struggle and hard for people to find that right club in that section that's what most people are coming in with long game fits going i love my driver i love my three wood i can't figure out the gapping between my four iron and my three wood like i can't I haven't been able to find that club yet. And the Apex has been probably the most beneficial. The only issue with our fitting system is we have three wood length shafts and we have hybrid shafts. So what I actually did was I reached out to my uh, local rep and had him bring in a couple pre-built ones um, just so people could feel them see what they're able to do and then usually what i'll do is have them choke up on a three wood shaft and so that we can get the proper weight and flex because the three wood driver shafts are what go into the apex that's what's so cool too they don't use a hybrid shaft they use a wood shaft and that will create different trajectories lighten weights you know all of these things that that help customers out so apex uw has been my my go-to golf club and it had i haven't had one customer complain and they've said it's their new favorite club in their bag almost every time that's that's a solid list man i'm gonna have to try and see how that performs in some of my fits because i've I've got my go-to's but I try to branch out like basically every week. Like if I have one driver fit this week or, or sorry, if I have multiple fits this week, I'll kind of do a little bit of an assessment at the end of the week prep for next week and go, okay, like what were the thing, like what were my patterns and like, what kind of things do I need to try to, you know, like just try out from the wall. Cause it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time, which is what I'm realizing. Like, there's so many different combinations that like, as long as you understand what problem to solve, like you don't have to use the same shit all the time. Like, yes, it's, it's good to have starting points. Right. Cause like, at, at least in my fits, like I always want to find at least one thing that works and it's like, cool. We know this one works. Like let's fucking go experiment. Right. Like that's kind of what I like to do in my fits is like find something that works and improves on what they're doing right now immediately and then kind of start narrowing it down and then start experimenting to like find you know like if they need more height like what's the biggest height gain that we can get out of the shaft or if they need more ball speed like what's the biggest ball speed gain that it can make out of the shaft so um yeah like it's super cool i'm gonna try to fit you know try to have a couple people try to get into some u-dubs this week 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would definitely throw it in there, especially with the long game fits or when guys come in looking at hybrids or woods because, you know, seven woods have become very, very popular. Um, And this is something that fills more of a gap where you don't have to have like a three, five, seven setup. You could literally have a three wood and a apex uw setup and allow you to you know fill different other parts of the bag if you know most people that have too many clubs in the top end are usually longer hitters and you want to get them to get more wedges in the bag because they're already hitting it long enough you don't need to have three clubs in you know besides your driver in the top end because you're getting the distance where you're going to score more often is if you have the proper wedge set up. So it frees up a part of the bag so that you can add an extra wedge in there, maybe a gap wedge or, you know, create better, you know, consistency through it. Cause a lot of the big hitters will just have pitching wedge, sand wedge, lob wedge. And then they've got this big gap between a pitching wedge and their, their other wedges. So, you know, that's, that's one thing I think has been, beneficial with the apex uw it frees up a lot of things because you can do a lot with it so yeah um let's, that was a good one i like that. we should we should like kind of yeah. do that every year dude like I, I like that top three we see in fits a lot every year that's a fun one yeah and it's always different for every fitter and that's yeah. why like you know we're taught to fit a certain way but you see what works for your customers and your demographic and then you share it with the other fitters and that's what's great about you working in a four-person store. I've got three guys in my store where if, like, something is working for me and I'm getting kind of a head-scratcher, you know, kind of situation with that, I'll look over to Connor or Matt and I'll be like, hey, Matt, this is, come look at this. They'll look at the data off of what we've been trying and they'll go, have you tried this? And yeah. most of the time I'm like, no, haven't tried that. And then it clicks because yeah. they have seen that same occurrence in a fit that they did yeah that then they can relate that information to me so you know fitters we know our shit especially at club champion the amount of you know time and effort we put into training in chicago but also on our own through all the modules and things that we have to go through but we have fifty thousand options of heads and shafts yeah we're you know we haven't tried them all but yeah. maybe another fitter has. So, you know, we can always kind of work with that. But let's end this episode talking about our own bag setup. So, Jack, tell me kind of what you're, you're rocking in the bag right now. Yeah, um, for my bag, top end of the bag is uh, TSR3. Uh, set it super flat. Because I like to block my misses. <laughs> I don't want to see a snap hook. Uh, it's it's right side start line bias. But you know me, I like to hit draws and cuts. Um, playing it with a Ventus TR Black. Um, actually, just recently did a refitting with Driver. Because from March-ish till un- until now, I picked up a good amount of club head speed. Um, so trying to do a little bit of retooling, I'll probably just show some photos later on about what ends up as a new driver shaft, but that head is, is going to stay in the bag for a while. Same setup on the three wood. Um, I've also got a TSR three hybrid LA golf 85 X 
and then irons are all it's a it's a combo set of zx5 um basically from four iron down through six or sorry four through seven and then eight nine pitching wedge gap is zx7 uh, all of those are shafted with LA Golf 105X and then um, Bokey wedges for lob wedge and sand wedge. Um, shout out to Voki for making the uh, 54M bounce or 54M grind, which is an eight degree bounce. It's like I'm trying to buy more, even though it's fucking expensive as shit, because like it's the perfect sand wedge. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I know it's just the right amount of bounce, the right type of bounce, uh, grind for me. Perfect sandwich. Um, and I have the 58T grind uh, in raw as well. So that's been fun. And then the putter is uh, pretty much I got fit also around March for the putter. Um, fit into mallet with either face balance or a 30 degree toe hang. I got a Scotty uh, triple black nine and a half from a couple of years ago. And I've got uh, LA golf Soho and that thing. And that's been, that's been fun rocking with that one. I can't wait. I, I know you haven't seen that one in person. I can't wait for you to see that thing. Cause I think you really like yeah. it. What about yeah, you? I mean, that that's a solid setup, man. Um, so I am playing, I'm playing a stealth two regular, not plus um, driver head with a um, 40 gram uh, extra stiff Ventus shaft, Ventus blue. So it basically, I wanted to lighten it up as much as possible, but I wanted to keep the tip stiff to kind of kill some of my spin. So I went that route and kind of, we don't have those shafts in our, in our matrix or in our stores so i kind of took a little bit of a risk uh you know us getting fit that's what we preach but you know at, from testing out you know 50 gram x's and things like that i kind of knew i'd get a little bit more speed but maintaining the lower torque ratio with the tipper or st- a stiffer tip um so it's been working great for me you know, I'm, I'm hitting 85% of fairways, so it's it's a really good setup for me. Um, three Wood is also a Stealth 2 non-plus. Uh, I've got the Hazardous Hulk shaft in there, now discontinued. You can't even, can't even get one of those guys. Um, it's just a low-spin monster. I mean, that thing, I can hit the shit out of that three wood it's probably one of my favorite clubs not the favorite but one of my favorites um and uh i have an apex uw 17 degree that follows that guy uh with a rome velix shaft in it most people won't even know who velix is if you search them it's just a bunch of hot girls holding golf shafts on their website you won't even find information of what the shafts do <laughs> it's I, I the dumbest website to say this but i feel like they're about to go out of business i mean they make some great shafts but you just don't see a lot from them as far as like new stuff it's kind of weird no, right? and i don't I don't know if they're owned by a larger company. Yeah, the Rome mm. Alpina line and the Mansion line have all been out for a long, long time. Um, I don't know if they're owned by a larger brand or 
if maybe they're just doing decent enough to get along, but I've been loving their product. Um, I've also fit Ashton into a Velix Rome shaft into his three wood um, and uh, Kenny into one in his driver. So, you know, it. if you're trying to get low spin, a lower trajectory, it's a really good shaft in that category, kind of along the lines of, you know, your Ventus Black, Ventus Black TRs and things like that. So it's been a solid, solid setup for me. Um, and then, so I play like an LPGA bag. So then it follows that with a 19 degree hybrid and a 23 degree hybrid. Um, both of them Callaway Paradigm. Um, I've got Ventus Blue, um, 90 gram stiff shafts in those and it, they're money. I mean, get great launch, great accuracy with them. I'm super happy. And then I play six iron through attack wedge, uh, ZX fives, uh, with Acra TZ, uh, one Oh five shafts in those. So previously I have played LA golf in multiple sets prior to this. And I still love LA golf shafts and irons. It was just for this particular head. I got better numbers with the Acras Mm. and it, it was pretty close between the Acras and LA Golfs. It was just slightly tighter dispersion with the Acras. Um, and I got just a tiny bit more distance out of them. I mean, we're talking pretty minuscule. But, you know, everything counts when it comes to trying to score lower. So by gaining, you know, three, four extra yards and tightening my dispersion by 15, 15 feet left to right with these it was pretty much a no-brainer for me to be able to go that route. And not saying that LA Golf, I won't play them again if I do, you know, decide to go a different route with a different set further down the road. But for that particular head, the Acras worked super well. You like to tinker, so I would expect that to change next well, year at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of why I'm selling off all my other stuff that I have because I'm trying to not do it but again <laughs> we have the options at our fingertips all the time it's v- and when there is some downtime it is very hard not to test things out especially when we're getting new stuff in every other day yeah um so you're always kind of searching but you know being in the industry too if someone offers me something free from one of my reps i'm not going to say no to testing it out so you know that that's the one thing there too is you know being in the industry we get some great great hookups which might sway your decision a little bit which goes against being fit so don't do that yeah no i I mean i let the data speak for itself like i've i've been trying other iron shafts just to like see if i'm just buying into the perceived hype on la golf but i mean there's nothing that really as far like something that marries number numbers and feels for it like i guess i'm i'm just an la golf guy but yeah definitely data is super important with getting fit and yeah like always you know go find your fitter doesn't have to be us but go get fit so you can play better golf um real quick before we jump off the pod oh i didn't talk wedges and putter oh yeah 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 so I'm same as you, Volky wedges. Um, those I actually do play LA golf shafts in. 
So I, it controls my height going in the 105 low uh, flight stiff shafts. It lowers my flight just a little bit, maintains the same weight through my irons and wedges. That's what I prefer. Some people prefer heavier in their wedges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've really loved kind of the feel of those guys. And then putter right now, um, I'm actually playing a Ping Oslo H. Um, which is a mallet putter with an L neck. So for me, (laughs) I need to be about 30 to 45 degrees of toe hang. And Uh so the, what I like weight wise, look wise, things like that is a mallet with an L neck because it gives me the right toe hang. And so in it could, to be honest, I'm a fairly good putter. Most people know, that's probably my strength when it comes to my game. Mm-hmm. So you could give me majority of L neck mallets and I'm going to get along with them. Uh, my ping rep was generous enough to give me this guy. Um, Cause I've been waiting for Scotty to finally fucking pull the trigger and give me a goddamn mallet with an L neck on it. They just did that limited release. So I'm, crossing my fingers that that scotty finally mass produces one and puts it out there since the new phantom line is coming next year um so i'm hoping and praying that they add one of those guys into the into the repertoire because i would buy one in a heartbeat but i wasn't willing to pay the 750 dollars for the limited one that they just released they can go fuck themselves for that price um and i'm not going to pay three grand to have one custom made for me either so yeah for now yourself scotty (laughs) yep i'm not paying your prices bro mass produce one i'll get one of those but right now rocking the ping really really liking it um so that's that's my full oh and then shaft i have in the ping is the uh, kbs gps uh shaft in it so it's a newer newer graphite shaft and i've been i've been really liking it you know i had that putter set up in the bag when i shot my 69 so can't be too mad at it was what was the best club that you put in the bag this year apex uw uw same as my my favorite club oh Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's deadly from 210 out. Like, I can hit that thing on a dime. It doesn't roll out a whole lot, which is what I want for that club. You know, I get five, six yards to 10 on the fairways, but like, I want it to be a 210 club that I can slam into par fives and get it to stop. Yeah, nice. That's pretty good. Um, for me, not to sound like this is not an LA golf sponsored pod but the uh p-series soho in my my phantom it's like kind of like you like i've never really needed help much on putting like i've always been pretty confident with my putting but it's just being able to like feel the head a lot more and like just like on the stroke just be very stable I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. It just feels alien and stable and it just works. Like that would be my tagline for them. Like just something about what they're doing with the putter shafts just really works. So And you know, I think even if you don't have that four hundred dollar budget in your in your repertoire, because we both know LA golf is very, very expensive, oh, yeah. especially in putter shafts. Yeah. Um 
if you want something, you know, that's going to create something very similar, like go and check out BGT Stability. Go mm-hmm. and check out KBS GPSs, MMTs from Mitsubishi. Fujikura's got their their line as well. There are so much benefit to a graphite, you know, no zero torque shaft. Mm-hmm. And all the brands have now followed suit because LA Golf was definitely one of the first ones to make things like this. And now you're yeah. seeing all the other brands kind of follow suit to it. And I think, you know, you're going to definitely benefit from it, you know, going into a graphite shaft, especially one that claims low torque ratio or zero torque like the LA Golf or BGT yeah. do. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend everybody to switch out of those floppy ass fucking steel shafts steel that they put in putters because they're dog shit. Yeah. Well, get fit too because some of the shafts do different things for different people. Like BGT typically is to help launch the ball up when you're putting. So it's not just like it's zero torque. Like for me, it was, I was looking for the most stable putter shaft and that's what LA Golf is doing for me. But every single one of the, the putter shafts will do something kind of a little bit different for each other, at least claim to. So that's part of what fitting does for you is understanding what technology actually works and what technology actually helps you. Yep. I mean, it's, that's 100%. And what works for us does not work for the next person. And that was one thing me and you were talking about that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm on the golf course – you know, us being fitters, we have very expensive, nice equipment in our bags. Um, that's one blessing of being a fitter is we get great deals to be able to do that. But, you know, I hate it when people want to hit my driver because one, it's not that I don't want them to hit it. It's just it's fit for me, yeah. not fit for you. So it it might not work for you. And yeah. you hitting it isn't going to help with that decision. So yeah. get fit, get in the right equipment. You know, anybody that's in our crew that me or Jack have fit, I'll tell you right now, we're all, none of us are in the same setups. None of us play the same clubs. You know, we're all very unique within our setups, and that's how it should be. You shouldn't yeah. be joining the crowd trying to uh, trying to just get whatever's hot at that moment. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. This has been fun. Um, Hopefully, we get to do something similar next year and just kind of talk about equipment. Um, I'm stoked to, you know, keep growing in Club Champion and just kind of seeing where the journey takes me. Yeah, man. Keep keep fitting. Um, keep keep getting those mysteries uh, solved <laughs> for for these customers. Because I mean, I I don't know about you. I'm not gonna you know put words in your mouth, but I love my job. It's the best job I have ever had. Not talking anything besides just working with my customers and being able to learn about all of this equipment. I mean. I am happy every day I go to work and I'm happy every day I leave. So, you know, the passion is there. I know for myself and I feel it, you know, how you talk about it, that it's definitely there. And it's it's one of the best jobs I think I've I've ever had. I'm not going to say it's the best paying job I've ever had, but I'm happy. (laughs) Shout out, Uncle Nick. (laughs) All right, man. Waiting for that January raise. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, buddy. All right, man. We'll talk soon and uh, catch us on the flip side, guys. All right. Later, guys.